Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the uh, 15th day of February 2020. We're broadcasting you today from North Central West Virginia. We're going to continue on today in the book of John. I'm going to begin today with uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, talking about Jesus the vine. Jesus Christ, the vine, the source, the helper, the keeper. Uh, before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to expound your word. It'll go forth and won't come back void and do that what you sent it to do. We know when everything clears that your word's going to stand. You said heaven and earth shall pass away, but by no means will your word ever, ever pass away. And you sent your word to heal us, and we thank you for it today. It's the authority, it's the power, it's who you are and what you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. John chapter 15, Jesus still speaking to his disciples, preparing them for the crucifixion, what's to come, the, the uh, uh, laying down of his life for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ is the hope of glory and the glory of glory. And he's the soon coming king and he will rule from Jerusalem. The Bible declares with a rod of iron and the scepter shall not depart from the tribe of Judah. So Jesus speaking to his disciples getting them ready for what's about to happen. His, uh, their world, per se, is going to be turned upside down. Uh, that which was familiar no longer is going to be familiar. It's uh, a very abrupt change that's coming to their lives, but something that Jesus, the Bible declares, was sent to do. He was sent to do the will of the Father, and the will of the Father was that he die on a cross for me and for you that his blood wash away our sins, his stripes heal our bodies, his chastisement heal our minds, and his bruising healing our iniquities or our lawlessness. So John 15, verse 1, he said, I am the true vine. He didn't say vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman or the keeper the one that prunes and digs. We're going to talk about that. The one who's a caretaker of his precious vineyard. Uh, he doesn't take lightly uh, what was done on the cross. He uh, That's the only way by which man can be reconciled to God. You can go through all the, the, the formalities, the, uh, the, uh, jump through every 
praise God, religious hoop, so to speak. But the only way that a man can be reconciled to God, when I say man, I mean mankind, is through the blood of Jesus Christ and believing and accepting it by faith and allowing it to be applied to your life. One mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. So the word vine there, okay, uh, which it means a coiling support, okay? You've seen great vines or uh, uh, things that uh, grow on vines. It's uh, They come together, they coil around uh, a pole or whatever it might be, or a tree. And there's, it's, the implication there is support, base, uh, by which me and you bear fruit, we're going to talk about that, is only through the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. The word husband in there means land worker or farmer or caretaker. Okay. The Bible declares that one plants and one waters, but God brings the increase. He says in verse 2, John 15, 2, every branch, notice it says every, in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Who? God the Father. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So every branch is in. See, we we are meant, according to the Word of God, to bear fruit unto the Lord. Um, the Bible says you'll know them. You'll know people. Doesn't matter what they do on the outside. Doesn't matter the activity they're involved in, or even what what office they're called to, or what name is in front of their name. What matters is that. They bear fruit, and you'll know them, the Bible says, by their fruit or what they project from their lives. Only God knows the motives of individuals. He knows my motive. He knows your motive. He knows my heart. He knows your heart. But the outward projection, the outward projection, is fruit, and we will know them by the fruit that they bear. And he says, if one does not bear fruit, then he he taketh away. The scriptures say that he will lay the axe to the root, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, or clips it, or prunes it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now that's an implication of getting rid of the dead things. I was raised on a farm and I saw my grandparents many, many times uh, prune crops or prune flowers or whatever it might be that the dead be taken away that the new might live. Dead things cannot abide with things that live 
Bible says we are purged from our dead works or that which produces death. Of course, we know that the wages of sin is death. So those things must be taken away that we can be a fruitful servant of God. So if a believer is fruitful, he's he's purged or clipped, pruned to produce more fruit. And if not, then he's removed from being a part of the vine. So it's God's direct will that we bring forth fruit. And once again, I repeat, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 5. In the Old Testament, God speaking to Israel and calling uh, them his vineyard and how he deals with 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 them at that at this particular time and that there's an urgency and they must bear fruit. It's what we're called to do. It's what we're called to do. So he says in Isaiah chapter five, this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he says, um, now I will sing. This is verse one, Isaiah five, one. Now I will sing. He says, To my well-beloved, a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard. And my well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. So the vineyard here, of course, is Israel. And the one that's doing the singing is God the Father, or Elohim, which is the Godhead. And the beloved is his beloved son. So in the Old Testament, it projects that God expects the called out, expects the one he's redeemed, expects the one that uh, is the apple of his eye to bring forth fruit. In Luke chapter 20, verse 9, then begin he to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and led it forth to, to, to a husbandman and went into a far country for a long time. And at the season, he sent a servant to the husbandman that they should give him the fruit of the vineyard, but the husband beat him and sent him away empty. Verse 11, and he, again, he sent another servant, and he beat him also, and he treated him shamefully and sent him away empty. And again, he sent a third, and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, what shall I do? He says, I will send my beloved son. It may be they will reverence him, that they see him. This, of course, is a type, I believe, of the prophets and also of Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who's the, the, the son of God. Verse 14, but when the husbands saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, this is the heir Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? Listen now. Verse 16, he shall come and destroy these husbandmen and shall give the vineyard to others. When they heard it, they said, God forbid, this is a type of Israel 
and the Gentiles. The, the rejection of Jesus Christ and God taking up with the Gentiles and saving the Gentiles for a time and a season. We're living in the dispensation of the Gentiles, the Gentile age, the church age. At the end of the church age, the Bible says God starts to really deal with his people Israel. He's come to destroy these husbands shall give the vein to others. When they heard it, they said, God forbid. And he beheld them and said, what is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected. The same is become the head of the corner. Who's the stone? Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him the chief cornerstone. Upon this rock, he told Peter, I shall build my church. The stone which the builders rejected, or the stone in Daniel, which was made without hands, who who uh, comes and falls in the last days upon the ten toes of the revived Roman Empire. And this is what Daniel gave the interpretation to, who Nebuchadnezzar of the great the great the great vision he saw that 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 statue or that image was the Gentile nations that would rule until the end of the age. So the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So, This was a, a parable that the Lord had given. And, of course, the, the chief priests and the scribes and everybody was there at that particular time. And um, and verse, verse, verse 19 says, And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him, and they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them, which he had, which he had. He was talking about his... Coming and his rejection, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascending, his coming back again. So, what God plants, He expects to bring fruit, and to be to be what accepted His pruning, His guidance, His even His chastisements. Okay. Verse 2 of Isaiah 5, and he feared it and gathered out the stones thereof. I'm sorry, he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest mind. With the choicest mind. And built a tower in the midst of it. And also made the wine, a wine press therein, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. In other words, it didn't bring forth what it was intended to do. So God's plan, see. Now <clears throat> we we are the branches of the true vine now. But in this particular chapter, he's talking about his dealing with Israel. We're gonna find that out. And Isaiah 6, 9, and he said, Go and tell the people, hear indeed, but understand not, and ye, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. In other words, they 
We're supposed to bring forth grapes, healthy grapes, good fruit. But the Bible says they brought forth wild grapes. And Isaiah 6, 9 is a picture of judicial blindness where they reject and God allows them to be blinded. The Bible says that because people refuse to retain God in their knowledge, he will turn them over to their own delusions or, or that which would deceive. It's very dangerous to reject God's plan. And God's plan for this age is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Once, once again, I repeat to you that he is the only mediator between God and man. The only way that a man can be reconciled to God is through Jesus Christ. Isaiah 5, 3. O now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. Verse 4. What could I have been done more to my vineyard than I have not done it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. He said, there's nothing more I can do because men have made wrong choices. He says, I set before you life and I set before you death. And he says, choose ye therefore life. In other words, men make choices that determines their eternal destiny. That's how far it goes. That that what you choose affects where you're going to spend eternity and your your eternal destiny. We said a lot of times on this particular broadcast that men do not lose a constant state when they die. For man is a spirit, man has a soul, and man lives in a body. The threefold man, the triune man, and the spirit lives forever somewhere. Because you die, it just means your body dies. You yourself, the person that you are, goes on to live somewhere else. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Daniel said that at resurrection, that some will be raised to eternal life and some to eternal damnation. This is the word of God. Isaiah chapter five, chapter five, verse five. And now go to, and I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. Taken away the hedge, the protection, the uh, uh, allowing the blight or the mold or whatever it might be to come in and uh, uh, destroy and eat up the vineyard. Because because they've been what disobedient, the Bible says. He says in Genesis, he said, my spirit 
will not always strive with man. In Psalms 80, 12, why hast, why hast thou broken down her hedges so that all they which pass by the way do, do pluck her or, or reach in and do damage? The hedge, the hedge come down, the hedge of protection. God no longer deals or, or prunes even. He just he just allows them to be turned over to their own devices. In Luke twenty one twenty four, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, and the times of the Gentiles be filled. But this is uh, what the word of God says happened to the Jewish nation. Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, which is now. Has God cast his people away? Paul said, God forbid. Has the church taken the place of Israel? Never. Certainly not. Will God once again restore Israel? Yes. Yes, according to the word of God. Isaiah 5, 6. And I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned or digged. But there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. And, of course, this happened uh, during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, the, what, 70-year bondage, captivity. And then in A.D. 70, when Titus, history declares, leveled the holy city. And it came to pass. What what did Jesus say? Not one stone upon another, as they talked about the temple, shall stand. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would have gathered you as a hen gathers its chicks. But you missed your time of visitation. It's not good to miss the time of visitation. When the Spirit, you cannot receive Jesus Christ unless the Spirit of God deals with you. And you cannot reject the Spirit of God forever and ever and ever and ever. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, I recommend that you yield to him. Because it's his grace wanting to be poured out on you. It's in him calling you, drawing you unto himself. Verse 5-7, Isaiah 5-7. He speaks who the vineyard is. He said, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah, his pleasant plan. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. First Peter 4, 17, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So the house of God, the first received judgment. If we disregard his pruning, if we don't accept his pruning, He's dealing with us. We go in our own direction. And according to this to this particular chapter five of Isaiah, that we bring forth wild spiritual grapes according to what the word of God says. First Peter four eighteen says, And if the righteous scarcely be saved, 
Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Okay, back to John. John 15 and 3. Now ye are clean through the word, which I have once spoken to you, the washing of the word. In John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them or set them apart through thy word, and thy word is truth. In John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you accept ye abide in me. That's a strong statement there. Very strong. Abide in me and I in you. So there again we there again we see the source. Because he says the branch, which we are, unless we're connected to the life giving vine, which is Jesus Christ, the vine cannot bear fruit of itself. Now we can't go off on our own. Do our own thing. We must be under the subjection of the Holy Ghost. We must be under the subjection of Jesus Christ. We must be in a state of obedience to the word of God, to the plan of God. Except it abide in the vine. No more can you can can ye except ye abide in me. That word abide means remain, continue, and dwell. Stay there. The song says, like a tree planted by the water, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. This is a very, very inopportune time to leave Christ, to go in another direction. And this is what the enemy of our soul wants, is for us to lay down and give up now and go in another direction and say, well, God's not going to do this and he's not going to do that and he hasn't done. Like a tree planted by the water. Stay grounded in Jesus Christ. Get your eyes off of men, off religion, off churches, off denominations, and get your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is your vine. I'm I'm sure you love your church and your church people, but they're not your source. There are those you have fellowship with, that you're connected with, who God has placed you with. But your source is the vine, and Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the chief cornerstone. He is the vine, the source of life. Jesus said, Behold, I come and I give you life, and I give it to you, what? Abundantly. Abundantly. John eight thirty one. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed. If you continue in his word, then we are his disciples indeed. John fifteen five. I am the vine, he states it again. Ye are the branches. There it is. We he is the vine, we are the branches. The branches cannot bear fruit separate of the vine. He that abideth in me and I in him, listen, the same bringeth forth fruit, no, much fruit, abundant life. For without me ye can do nothing. Pretty clear. 
We can't go off on our own. We can't establish our own righteousness. We're not righteous. We can't be righteous. The Bible says uh, that our righteousness with filthy rags. The Bible says there's no good in us. All sin that comes short of the glory of God. We need we we need the work that Jesus did on the cross to to save us, to keep us, to sanctify us, to to justify us, and to be our righteousness because we have none. Bible says, for the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I mean, that man's good and, and upright and everything that he does? No. But we are the righteousness of Christ. We believe on Jesus Christ. Believe on me. Believe on the one that sent me. Ask anything in my name, and he says, and I will do it. He's the authority. He's the author. He, he's the soon-coming king. Listen to this now. He's the one that's going to rule and reign on this planet after the end of the tribulation period for a 1,000-year segment, then after that for eternity, the Bible declares. Song says, remember, he's coming soon. There's no doubt. And I'm going to leave this old world with a shout. Get your eyes on the vine today. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ. Romans 6.22, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is everlasting life. John 15.6, if a man abide not in me, listen now, he's cast forth as a branch and is what? Withered, the wages of sin is death. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are what? Burned. In Matthew 3, beginning with verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth, what? Therefore, fruit and meats to repentance. Repentance, turning, making a conscious decision to go in another direction, recognizing that in Jesus Christ that we are not perfect and never will be. Or in him we are, and without him we, we will never be perfect. It's his perfection that we lean upon. And he says, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children and Abraham that put a hole in their religion, in their self-righteousness. This is a very, very truth. And now also the axe, what? Is laid unto the root of the trees. The root of the trees. Listen. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now, now, this is John the Baptist speaking. He didn't mince words. Of course, he's the forerunner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was pointing unto him. 
Verse 11, Matthew 3, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Verse 12, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That fan is what they call a winning fan, a winning fork, or winning shovel. It's a shovel that picks up picks up the uh, the wheat along with the chaff and separates the chaff from the wheat. Throws it into the wind. The wheat falls back to the floor because there's substance in it, and the chaff, because there's no substance, is driven by the wind. The Bible says, "Give not heed to every wind of doctrine." In Luke 3:17, whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat unto his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. This is uh, what's happening to those that do not bear fruit. They can look like wheat, act like wheat, go to the same church as wheat, but the substance is judged by God. The God looks on the inside of a man. He knows whether a man is right or a man is wrong or is out of fellowship. And the final judge, the Bible declares, is Jesus Christ. So we must stay connected. Now get this today, to the vine. We cannot depart from the precepts or the doctrine of Christ. The Bible says you can't even say Jesus is Lord Let's be through the Holy Spirit. This is no time to be, become disconnected. And there's uh, the battle is not easy. The Bible says the enemy comes to kill and destroy, to separate, to divide, to cut asunder. But Jesus said, submit yourself to God and resist the devil. And he will flee from you. The word of God says that. John 15, 8. Aaron is my father glorified that ye bears, that word again, much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. So how do you know people are, are the disciples of God? By their fruit. Not what they say, not what they brag about. Not, not their, quote unquote, what credentials or what card they carry or what church they're affiliated with, but by their fruit. Romans 7, 4, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. It's all through the scripture that we're to be fruit bearing. And I go back and say that it must be through the vine, the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. John 15, 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. I think I read that already. Matthew seven fifteen through 20 said, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they, inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them, listen, you shall know them by their fruits. 
Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of what thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Jesus warned, many false prophets shall come into the world in these last days with, with pure religion, saying the right thing, doing the right thing, looking the right way. Yeah, what did he say? He said on the inside, they're, they're what? They are ravening wolves, or that which seeks to destroy. They come in sheep's clothing. So how do we know them? By their fruit. Charisma. Outgoingness. With pleasing words. That the old time preacher you say tickle behind the ear. John fifteen nine. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. In John fifteen thirteen, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen ten, if you keep my commandments, if what? Keep my commandments. Do we keep the law? No, the law is fulfilled. Our commandment is to serve Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look unto Him. That he has fulfilled all things. We go by the economy of God now, and that's through Jesus Christ. That we live under the new and everlasting covenant. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my what? Love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Hope. I think I think over 300 times in the scriptures, God tells men to keep the commandments of God. Of course, that's true of the Old Testament saints, that we are to look unto the one who fulfilled the Old Testament, fulfilled the law. So we are obligated to obey the gospel throughout our life, <clears throat> and not during one uh, one time of a act of faith. It's what keeps us. Matthew twenty eight twenty, teaching them to observe all things, whosoever I have commanded you, and lo I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So Jesus telling his disciples before he before he went away that he's the vine. And you can't do nothing outside of the vine. All our quote-unquote religious activities are nothing. We are not reconciled to God unless we know the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are connected to that true vine, that life-giving vine, that fruit-bearing vine. The branches bear the fruit only through the vine, through the life 
a tree cannot cannot live unless there's sap in that tree. It comes from the very root. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the husband or the keeper. In Christ alone, we place our trust. The Bible says that all other ground is sinking sand. The house is built upon Jesus Christ. The house will stand when the winds come, when the winds blow, when the rains come, the hail, the storms. It'll stand because it's on a rock-solid foundation. Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In the days in which we live, when Satan is challenging and doing everything he can to zap the strength out of our lives. I encourage you today to look unto the author and the finish of your faith, which is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When the smoke clears and the dust settles, he'll be the one standing, the victorious King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one, the Bible says, that the government shall be on his shoulders. For this reason was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus Christ? Well, my name's on the church roll. That's good and that's well and that's fine. But is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Rejoice not, he said, that you have power over devils, but rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life most important decision you ever make in your life is to accept Jesus Christ. I'd like to tell you, well, it'll be easy after that. You don't have any problems, any situations. No, we live in a fallen world. And things happen. And things go on. But he says, I just read to you, so I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Wow. I'll be with you even until the end of the age. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead through the quickening spirit, his quickening spirit. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Repent. Make a conscious decision to turn. Ask him into your heart and your life. Tell him you want him to be Lord of your life. Denounce all evil. Let him change you. You can't change yourself. He said, behold, to make all things new. The old man is no longer there. Well, he'll try to rise up again. But he's put aside, and the Bible says a new man comes in. Old desires leave. Old situations leave. Old habits are broken if we, if, if we yield unto him. He's the chain breaker in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, chains are broken. Lives are changed. Sickness and disease is healed. Amen. Those those that have, have, have what we call a destructive lifestyle through habits, in the name of Jesus, they can be broken. He's the all in all. He's your hope today. Call on the name of Jesus Christ today. Let him change your life. Man can get very, 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 very low. 
we live in a world of broken hearts and broken promises and people hurt. They hurt. And this day and age, compassion is not, not really out there a whole lot. But Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, he loves you. There's nothing too hard for him to do if you yield yourself unto him today. He's the answer. He's the answer. The Bible says, for the thief or Satan comes to kill and destroy, to tear down. But I have come that you might have life, and you might have it more abundantly. That's the word of God. I'm not saying you won't be challenging this, because you will. Keep your eyes on the prize or keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Paul said, pressed toward the high mark of the high calling, which is in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word. Thank you today, Lord, that you are the vine and we are the branches, that our life that we have, we have through you. And Lord, you said it's abundant life. And you said it's life that bears fruit under God. Lord, you know every individual is going to hear this broadcast. You see exactly where they're at. You've heard their cries. You see their tears. You see the long nights. You see these things, God. Lord, you see their brokenness. Lord, you say in your word, if a man is broken and contrite, that's who you look to. That's who you come running to. That's how you who who you come in and 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 offer yourself to as a way, the way, the way out of their situations, the way. Out of those battles of Satan want to destroy them, that you'll make a way where there is no way. You open doors that no man can close and close doors that no man can open. Help people today, Lord, put their faith in you and call on your name or your name and give themselves completely. And we give ourselves completely. You said as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable before God, which is a reasonable service. Lord, I ask you to save souls today. I ask you to heal bodies by your stripes. I ask you to touch minds today that you took chastisement for. Tear down iniquity today that you was bruised for. And change people's lives today. This is what it's all about, Lord. The renewing of men through what you did at the cross 2,000 years ago in that perfect, perfect sanctified work. And we thank you for that today. We know that you're able. And you said when the word goes out, that by no means whatever ever come back void. It'll do that what you sent it to do. Well, you said some will fall on stony ground, some will fall on fertile ground. Not everybody will receive and accept. But I ask you today, Lord, that people, Lord, would step back and realize that you are the answer to their lives and their brokenness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. Leadeth me beside. Oh